0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast for the December 2009 issue of The Lancet Neurology. Richard Lane here, and I'm joined this month by Elena Becker-Borossa, Barossa, is Deputy Editor of The Lancet Neurology. Welcome, Elena.
1: Thank you, Richard.
0: Elena, this month, unusually, a themed issue of The Lancet Neurology about movement disorders. Why?
1: That's right. It's actually the first time the journal dedicates an issue to a particular field. We decided to focus on movement disorders because of the remarkable progress that has been achieved in this area. Parkinson's disease is the only major neurodegenerative disease for which successful symptomatic treatment is available and for which the life expectancy of patients is similar to that of the healthy population. We thought this is a crucial moment to think about what's next in this area and to debate the research priorities that are needed to get beyond symptomatic treatment and into neuroprotective therapies.
0: Thank you Elena and when looking at the five reviews in this themed issue four of them relate to parkinson's disease is that a fair balance do you think so when we're talking about movement disorders are we 80 percent of the time talking about parkinson's disease
1: the prevalence of parkinson's disease is unfortunately quite high for neurological disease yes in people over 60 years of age it is estimated at about one percent and the number of patients is increasing as the population ages Parkinson's disease is a hypokinetic movement disorder. The hyperkinetic movement disorders such as tremors, dystonia are frequent also. The journal has published several articles recently covering those disorders though. I think though that these four reviews cover issues that are relevant for all Parkinsonian syndromes from primary Parkinson's disease to secondary Parkinsonism induced by drugs or toxins for instance.
0: Let's now look at those four Parkinson's reviews in a little more detail. Could you just briefly summarise the main points and take home messages from these reviews. Obviously, we want people listening to the podcast to look at the reviews themselves, but just give us a flavour of each one.
1: This is difficult to do in just a couple of minutes, Richard, but I will try my best. The first article, this is a very interesting piece. The authors provide a review on the early manifestations of the disease, those normally seen at diagnosis, both motor and cognitive features. The classic pathophysiological model of the basal ganglia attributes these symptoms to dopaminergic deficits in the substantia nigra. These authors explain how many of these clinical features and also experimental findings do not fit with this classic model, and so they propose a novel one. The second review that you mentioned before is your favourite. I think complements this one very much and uh, keeps on exploring the pathophysiological mechanisms of the disease. I would really recommend you, Richard, to read them both together, because now the focus is not on the early symptoms, but on what happens later on after years of dopamine replacement therapy. After long treatment with levodopa and dopamine agonists, many patients with Parkinson's disease develop dyskinesias and impulse control disorders. These authors argued that these conditions may possibly share the same mechanisms that underlie drug addiction, or just habit learning, I think it's a fascinating area of research. I very much like the third article also for its pragmatic approach, which I think will be very much appreciated by many readers. The neuropathological diagnosis of Parkinson's disease is difficult, as the characteristic levy bodies are found in diverse conditions, and these authors provide a very useful guidance on how to do a proper neuropathological assessment for both diagnosis and classification. The fourth article deals with a hot area of research at the moment, which is that of developing markers of disease progression. It is an extremely thorough review that discusses a huge body of evidence on how clinical features change during disease and discusses which ones might be used in measuring disease progression.
0: Also, Elena, the fifth review is about multiple system atrophy which, I have to confess, I don't know what this is, so perhaps you could enlighten us, and how this contributes to movement disorders.
1: Multiple system atrophy is another neurodegenerative disease that is characterised by autonomic failure and cerebellar ataxia or Parkinsonism. However, none of these symptoms respond to levodopa treatment. The prevalence of multiple system atrophy is much lower than that of Parkinson's disease, but unlike Parkinson's disease, it is a rapidly progressive neurodegenerative disease. This article reviews clinical and basic research progress accomplished over the past five years. I think it's a very nice summary written by investigators that are part of the European Multiple System Atrophy Study Group.
0: And let's conclude with a brief discussion about The Leading Edge, the editorial this month, which pulls together some of the common themes relating to movement disorders. And specifically, really, it's clearly stating that there's been tremendous progress in the past decade concerning research and knowledge. How would you prioritize, if you like, the next decade and what needs to happen? And presumably one of the things the editorial talks about is the need for clear collaboration and organisation to ensure that we don't go off half-cop and people develop their own research agendas and, and overall there's the risk isn't there that if there isn't a coordinated approach then mm. the progress won't be as good as it could be.
1: Well exactly that's, that's exactly what we think. We said before and it's mentioned on that editorial I think the reviews included in this issue provide a lot of interesting perspectives that might help decide in which areas of research should now be prioritised Movement disorders specialists are meeting in Miami in a few weeks for the World Congress on Parkinson's Disease and Related Disorders. I'm sure there will be a lot of debate there on that. What the editorial argues is that regardless of the research priorities, the way forward is collaboration.
0: Many thanks indeed, Elena. Really interesting issue. Those are some of the highlights of the December 2009 issue of The Lancet Neurology, a themed issue on movement disorders. We'll see you next year.